Our God is a missionary God, and we are His missionary people. You're listening to The Scent Life, the official podcast of the Center for Great Commission Studies at Southeastern Baptist Theological Seminary. Hello and welcome to this special edition series from the Four Corners, Sent Life Stories of the Global Church. My name is Dr. Anna Dobb and I'm joined today by Joy Bolton, the International WMU Coordinator. Joy, thank you for joining us today. Thank you for having me, an honor. We're very glad to have you. So tell me a little bit about who you are and your current role with WMU. Well, uh, as you said, my name is Joy Bolton and I serve as the volunteer international WMU coordinator with Women's Missionary Union Auxiliary to the Southern Baptist Convention. Uh, I am a retired state WMU executive director and uh, am doing this role in retirement. Wonderful. So for those who do not know, what is WMU? Well, those letters WMU uh, stand for Women's Missionary Union, and that's Women's with an A, singular possessive. Uh, singular to emphasize the role of the individual woman and possessive, meaning with a, an apostrophe S, uh, to show identity with the mission of WMU, uh, meaning it's my organization as an individual and I identify with it. And then missionary, because that's what we're all about, missions and supporting our missionaries and being about the missionary task. And then union, because together we can do more than any of us can do individually. Wow, that's a great explanation. So your title is uh, International WMU Coordinator. What do you actually do? That's a good question. Uh, uh, there's not an actual job description for my uh, <laughs> position. <laughs> uh, I was asked to do this about two years ago, and uh, Sandy Wisdom Martin, Executive Director for uh, WMU, uh, SBC, National WMU, as we refer to it, asked me to take this role because she wanted me to reach out to WMU leaders in other countries. Across the years, we know that missionaries and others have introduced WMU in other countries, uh, but we had not been connected with some of them directly in some time. Uh, and so we thought we knew of 30 to 40 countries in the world where there was some type of WMU work. Uh, but uh, we, we really needed a way to connect with them directly. And so I began uh, the search. And I, I was somewhat aware of WMU and other countries because of mission trips that I had taken during my 19 years in Kentucky. And uh, it was always exciting to me when I would be in a country, um, say like an African country, and I would see some version of the historic WMU logo printed on their fabric. And I went, they have WMU roots. <laughs> I knew <laughs> because, of, because of that. And so um, uh, when it came time to try to really connect one-on-one -on -one with the national leaders in the different countries, I went on Facebook, I went on internet searches, I contacted missionaries and others. I still don't think that I have found them all. Uh, but we are just make, trying to make as many connections as we can. That's incredible. So you said 30 to 40 countries that you think have some kind of WMU connection. Um, where are some of those areas around the world that we have WMU groups? Um, quite a few in Africa, uh, places like Liberia, Nigeria, um, uh, Tanzania, 
uh, Kenya, different different countries, Zambia, Malawi uh, have WMU, um, and then uh, quite a few of the South American countries have WMU. Now they they refer to it as UFM, Union Femenil Misionera, or in Spanish, and um, and then we have uh, WMU work in a number of our Asian countries. And the exciting thing is we're still starting WMU work. Uh, we have some uh, trainers going on right now in uh, Cambodia, for instance. So uh, so we have, uh, there has been work uh, in, in a number of countries because of the, the international global situation. For instance, we all know that China closed to missionaries a number of years ago. And uh, at one time there was a strong WMU in China. And of course, the Christians went underground. And so we don't really know that setting there and cannot because of security. So um, uh, there, there are places like that in the world as well. Wow. Well, thanks for that kind of overview of, of, of the demographics of where WMU is. Tell us a few of the stories that you've heard about or participated in with some of these women around and across the global church. Um, well, I had the opportunity in, in August to travel to Liberia for a, a, an all-Africa conference, and it was really exciting to see the women from across Africa gather and to see the WMU logos on different, yeah, the fabrics of different uh, countries, uh, and uh, uh, talk with some of their leaders and get to know them. And, and the work across Africa has, is varied in, in, in its strength. Uh, in Nigeria, for instance, um, Rachel Latiju is the executive director, and they are, they're modeled very much like WMU in the United States. They have an executive director, and they have an elected president. Uh, they have age-level organizations. Uh, now, a lot of uh, other countries that where WMU was introduced, say, in the 50s uh, and 60s, uh, they use the, the WMU structure of that of that period. Uh, they'll have uh, sunbeams and uh, their their girls, their girls auxiliary. Uh, in Africa, the, uh, in Nigeria, their their young women are called the Lydias, and uh, they they have a publishing house, and uh, so they you know they they do it all. Uh, Brazil would be another example of that. Very strong. Uh, WMU uh, with uh, all of the age level organizations. They publish their own materials, and uh, so on. Korea uh, being another another one uh, that has uh, their own publishing house. They have their own office building, and um, uh, they recently have built um, a um, uh, a retirement center for uh, retired pastors and missionaries. So so there's just a really interesting you know the the work women are doing some neat work around the world. That's incredible. For our listeners, Joy and I actually met in on this trip to Liberia. And so we both got to experience women across Africa gathering together for the sake of uh, worship and business and thinking about God's mission. It was very uh, encouraging to me, and I, I believe it was encouraging to Joy as well. Joy, you work with women around the world. Why do you think it's important to get theological education to women in the global church? I think it's important to um, have theological education for women around the world because we want to provide a solid biblical foundation 
or their service in the church, as well as in their homes and in their communities. While we certainly want every person to learn the Bible from childhood uh, through, uh, through Sunday school classes and, and other classes, we recognize that, not, that most have not received biblical training across the years and some perhaps in the way that we think of uh, through Sunday school or such. We also recognize that when women serve in leadership roles, it's particularly important that they have a solid biblical foundation, as well as training in other aspects of, of church leadership. And uh, theological education, of course, includes not only biblical understanding, but also things like church history and missions and organizational skills and how to teach, you know, and so on. Uh, women need that kind of theological education uh, because in many cases, there are more women in the church than there are men. <laughs> and so uh, we, but, uh, uh, it, but if we provide theological education for the women, it will strengthen the church as a whole. And of course, as in so many churches, women are teaching the children. And so if we, if the women are solid, and then they pass on a solid foundation to the children, that will have repercussions for years to come. Amen. The way that I always put it when I'm talking about what I do here at Global Theological Initiatives, I say a healthy global church requires women who also know how to handle the word of truth. Amen. And um, I think that's incredibly important. And it's part of the reason that I'm uh, doing what I do here at Global Theological Initiative. So for our listeners who maybe don't know um, a lot about my work, I'm the director of special projects and partnerships here at Global Theological Initiatives. I've got a lot of hats in that directorship, but one of the hats is that I get to think through creative ways for, to get theological education to women in the global church. And I love what we're doing because I love being able to say, how do we help train the leaders of, of women's groups around the world? Um, how do we train women's ministers? How do we train women who are thinking critically about the mission of God all around the world? Um, and how do we get to them theological education that is biblically faithful, contextually appropriate, and missionally oriented? Uh, because I think those three are really important. I think we, we need the solid foundation of the Bible and everyone in any context needs that. Uh, but also there's some contextual nature of the work that does that, that's going on around the world. And I, from as a woman from the United States, may not be able to give that contextual expertise for these places that I've never worked or served. So I, I love the fact that we're helping these women think through not only theological education that's biblical, but how do you actually communicate that to your people and teach your people? Um, Teach the women in your groups, teach the children that, that you're in, that you're working with. Um, how do you teach them in a way that makes sense to them? And that can be anything from oral strategies to, uh, to, to, to thinking about how do we get theological education into the homes because women may, sometimes can't leave the homes. And so uh, we just we're trying to think creatively about how do we get this theological education to women, but then also this missional aspect, this missional orientation, which one of the things that I think is great about these WMU groups around the world is that they many of them love the mission of God. And so we're not having to like talk them into the mission of God. That's we're right. trying to help. <laughs> yeah, they've already got that love. Uh, we're trying to help them have a, a, a better understanding of the Bible um, and, and maybe uh, think through how to, how to talk about it contextually. Um, but they already love God's mission. They already love what he's doing around the world. 
So, Joy, would you add anything? I, I know that you uh, have only heard about GTI through me, but would you add anything about your thoughts about global theological initiatives and some of the ways that we might be working with women around the world? Well, I think it's important to understand the networks of the women in every country. And th those networks can vary. You mentioned cultural context, okay? And that, that certainly has an impact on how they go about networking. Uh, but knowing how the women in a particular place are organized will enhance the delivery system. Um, and we learned a lot about that when we were together in Liberia as we observed uh, their work together. And so while online education is growing, uh, there are still places in the world without reliable internet, uh, but where cell phones abound. Uh, in one country that I'm not going to name due to security, the women organize training and sharing prayer times with their cell phones uh, during COVID. They had cell service, but they did not have internet or Wi-Fi. And the women of this country did Bible studies through an app on the, they could access through their phones. And the, uh, our Baptist missionaries helped by providing phone cards. Now for our folks in the United States, you may not know about a phone card, but overseas uh, you go and you go to a little kiosk and you pay some money for a phone card. And then you enter that and that buys you time on your phone, on that network. And so, uh, uh, so by giving them phone cards so they could have more time on their phones, then they could uh, they could participate in these uh, groups through their cell phones. Uh, we also need to uh, inquire about gaps in what they are able to provide. I mean, you've already mentioned, you know, that in places they're doing they're doing a lot of things. Uh, our Baptist sisters are deeply committed women, and many have some good training and leadership skills, and there's no need for us to duplicate what they can do. Uh, but if there are specific needs, then that is a place for us to partner with them. Uh, and I can, um, and also I, I have a story I would like to tell uh, that uh, kind of illustrates coming alongside um, uh, not not to, to not to to replicate uh, to do something different, but actually just to come alongside and encourage them what they were already doing. So, um, you go with that. Can I tell that story? Yeah, that's what I was about. I was about to jump in. Sorry, I was unmuting. Um, yeah, I look forward to it. Tell us the story. Okay. Well, it's kind of a long story. You may need you can edit it as you need to. Okay. Perfect. All right. Um, I'll tell you a WMU story that stretches over a number of years and countries. I was the executive director of Kentucky WMU uh, in, um, uh, for 19 years, 1999 to 2018. And during those years, I often led mission trips. Most of the trips that I led came in response to a request from a missionary to bring a team, usually of women, although I did a few co-ed teams, to do things like prayer walking, women's trainings, retreats, children's activities, and so on. Uh, I never initiated a trip. Uh, I always preferred to take trips in response to a need where if we brought a team we could help a missionary do something that he or she did not have the resources to do, or we would bring fresh energy and encouragement to that situation. Well, one of those trips took place in 2012 to Malawi. 
we were asked to come provide a week of classes for seminary wives at the Baptist Seminary in Lilongwe. Uh, at this school, the men would come in to study for a semester at a time. Then they would go home for a break. And during the breaks, their wives came uh, for a week of study and they could bring the very the littlest babies with them, but not, not any of the older children. Um, and uh, they would stay in the dorms there. And so uh, they asked us to bring a team and do the training that week with the seminary wives. Uh, and while we were there uh, on the campus, we had some time to wander around and we found the publishing house for the Baptist Convention there in uh, Malawi. It's located at the seminary. And uh, as we were going through the building, I spotted a WMU guy, which I could see because it had the historic WMU logo on the front of it. And I found a copy in English and a copy in Chichewa, their, their language. And so I paid for them and brought them home as souvenirs, really. Uh, but then in 2015, we were asked to bring another team back to Malawi, uh, this time to teach all of the pastor's wives. And the seminary hoped that maybe they could get 100 to come that week. Well, we had 180 pastor's wives there that week. And in wow. planning what classes to offer, we, uh, you know, we consulted with them about what did they want. We asked about teaching the Malawi WMU guide, uh, since we had a copy available in English. And so we paid to have 200 copies printed so that every pastor's wife that came that week would go home with a copy to do training in her own church. So Susan Bryant, the Kentucky WMU president at the time, uh, did the uh, training in the Malawi WMU guide and the women loved it. Uh, we in the United States, we like to go to WMU conferences where even if we're familiar with the materials, we like to go get new ideas just to be encouraged. Well, the women of the Malawi were the same. Well, now fast forward two years. Kentucky WMU was asked to send a team to Swaziland, now East Watini, to do training with the women and do children's camps. Well, we asked them about WMU and found out they did not have it, but they were interested. And, uh, and so we said we would like to introduce WMU there. And Barbara Myers, a retired IMB missionary, whose husband was actually going with our team, translated the Malawi WMU guide into Siswati. And once again, Susan Bryant went on this trip and taught the guide in Swaziland. And she taught a group of about eight women, uh, their, what they called their women's committee. Well, then the next year, another group from Kentucky went and a member of our Kentucky WMU executive board took 200 copies of it with her. And they taught the WMU guide all over Swaziland with the women. Um, and I am still connected with those leaders from Swaziland, even all these years later through International WMU. Well, after I took this role of International WMU Coordinator, I realized that uh, there were a lot of places that needed help with some sort of a WMU guidebook. Not everything in our materials from the United States necessarily makes a great transition overseas, you know, because again, sure. cultural differences. And the reason, so I took the Malawi WMU guide and made it into an international WMU guide. 
I kind of took out some of the Malawi kind of references and stuff. And I, and the reason I use their guide uh, is that it applies the basic principles of WBU work, which, you know, are learn about missions and pray for missions and give to missions and do missions, tell others about Jesus, along with a couple of more objectives that relate to being a Christian woman. Uh, I'm really convinced after studying their guide that when WMU was introduced in, in some countries, the missionaries felt the need to train the women in what it meant to be a Christian woman, as well as in to be a, in a Christian woman, a Christian wife, a Christian mother, as well as how to be a witness for Christ and how to support uh, the, the work of their churches and, and missions. And so that kind of approach is still needed in a lot of places where women are coming to faith in Christ and they need discipleship as well as the challenge to be about the Great Commission. Well, fast forward to 2022. I was asked to train women in Thailand where we have a world craft site about how to start WMU. So I did that over Zoom using the International WMU Guide that I first developed from the WMU Guide in Malawi. So that's, you know, that just to me is a story of the influence <laughs> across years and countries. And it all, of course, still goes back to those basics of learn, pray, give, go that have been introduced by WMU leaders around the world. But it also was culturally appropriate in that setting. And I think that's an important piece. Sure. Well, great. Thanks for sharing. And thank you for joining us today, Joy. Uh, to our listeners, if you found this helpful, please make sure to share this episode. If you have any questions, shoot us an email at gti at sebets.edu, sebts.edu, or find the CGCS on social media. You can also find out more information about the WMU by checking out their website at wmu.com. We will see you next time. Thanks. <laughs>